Um, I started last week about uh, barrier blessings. Blessing where where does the where does it get hung up between heaven and us when it comes to us receiving blessing? Because I believe so many times we're walking. Hey, I did not add two to the prayer list. Let me let me stop. Gloria Simmons. Gloria Simmons. Just like it sounds. Praying for healing. Gloria Simmons. Do I need to spell it? Just like it sounds. And then finally is Ronnie, I-E-R-O-N-N-I-E, Wilson. Total hip replacement surgery next week. Um, Gloria Simmons, we're just praying for healing. Hospice has been called in. She's at home and doctors say they can't do anything else. So please be praying. Now, um, I want you to know God's a healer. We're We're still seeing healings. We're still... Um, seeing God moving uh, throughout our church, throughout our city. Uh, so I want to encourage you, take this list home and be praying for it through the week. Yes, you can. Uh, we've got a card back in the back. If you'll tell me who it is right now, I'll announce it, but I need you to fill out a card and get their address for me. Okay. Okay. What's her name? Rose. Rose. Okay, so no cards on this one. Just be praying for Rose. She's in uh, Vanderbilt Hospital. They don't know what's wrong. How old is she? Ten. Okay. Okay, Rose. Let's just pray right now. Father, in Jesus' name, we just lift up Rose. And Lord, I thank you that she's in one of the best hospitals in the nation, I guess in the world. Lord, we do just, uh, all I can say, Lord, is that you are the great physician. You are the, you are the great doctor. You are the Lord, our healer. And, Lord, I just speak wisdom over those doctors. I just speak to her little body, Lord, in Jesus' name, let it be healed. I thank you that your word says that where two or more agree, a thing is done. And, Lord, right now we just speak healing into her little body. Bless her, Lord. Bless Rose. Jesus' name. Amen. What's Rose's last name? Thomas. Thomas. Rose Thomas. All right. Now, do you remember last week we were talking about power and how when two agree, we can ask according to God's word. And it says if we'll ask according to God's word and if we'll agree and if we'll believe, we shall have it. What more power do we need? Do you remember uh, the, the, the statement that I made last week is that I believe that the greatest barrier to blessing in your life is unforgiveness. Period. Unforgiveness. If we were to go back real quickly, I'm going to review just for a moment and take a look at the parable of the, uh, the talents. Uh, actually, not, uh, not, not the parable of the talents, but the parable of the unforgiving servant. And how, if you remember, he owed so much, millions. I think I used even the figure of $6 million. He went to the, he went to the master and said, Master, I can't pay. And the master said, Pay or I'm going to throw you to the torturers, I'm gonna, the tormentors. I'm going to take you and your family, and, and I'm going to turn you over. Pay. And he said, Have mercy on me. I will pay it all. And the master moved with compassion and forgave him completely of that debt. Now, can you imagine? That kind of debt. So what did the guy do that just got forgiven? Now, have you ever seen this happen? Have you ever seen somebody get blessed and then turn right back around and stick it to somebody else? Because I've seen it. 
I've seen it. I've done it. Have you, you know, kind of you got a pecking order and you get in trouble with your parents, but your parents have mercy with you. Then you wind up with your younger siblings or people under you and you go and do the same thing to them and you don't let them off the hook. I see it with siblings with pecking order. I see it in jobs where someone has mercy on someone else, but then they turn around and don't have mercy on the next person that they encounter. Well, what happened? He left that and went to somebody that owed him about $17. Can you imagine of being forgiven of such a debt and then turn around and ask for enough to barely buy your meal at Chick-fil-A? I love Chick-fil-A, by the way. Don't get me wrong. I love Chick-fil-A. But it's expensive. You take six people over there, it's expensive. That's why we go to, uh, that's why we, I'm not going to say where we go. We go home. We go home. But when we do eat out, I eat at Subway or Chick-fil-A. That's my two places. Anyway, but $17. And he goes to him, gets him by the neck and says, pay, pay, pay. I can't, I, I, I can't pay. Well, then I'm going to send you off to the, to the tormentors. You and your whole family. He said, have mercy on me. The other guy responded exactly like he had responded, have mercy on me. I will pay it all. And he didn't. And what happened with the master? The master heard about it. The people around him said, Did you, do you know what this guy just did that you just forgave him of? This guy just sent him off just like you said he, you were going to do, but you had mercy. And he went back and he got him. And he, you know what it says? It says, uh, it says in verse 32, um, it said, you wicked servant. And then he gave the command and said he delivered him to the tortures until he should pay all that was due him. Now, immediately the next verse, and this is from last week, he said, So my heavenly Father will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive the brother who trespasses. Now, you've got to understand that this parable of the unforgiving servant is a picture of the kingdom of heaven and how God the Father works. This is Jesus talking, and Jesus said, If you don't forgive, my Father will do this to you. Now, I want you to know, I meet with Christians, spirit-filled Christians, all the time that is living in torment. You know, we went home and was talking. One of my kids just happened to ask. They never ask this. What did you preach on? And I started talking about the unforgiving servant and the tormentors. And it was, it was um, Ruth Ann, my third child. She's 11. And she said, what does torment mean? And I could see the little wheels in her head spinning. It's just about not ever having any peace. No matter where you go, you can't get free. And you know, children, and I don't want to say Ruth Ann, but children deal with a lot of fear. Deal with a lot of rejection. Deal with a lot of tormenting spirits that are trying to get a hold of them. Well, she started putting two and two and two together. And she started thinking. She said, do I have to go to him and ask him to forgive me? Or do I have to go to them and tell them that, to, that I forgive them? And you could see the, pow, the kingdom of heaven crashing in on her little mind. And you know, I told her, I said, no. This is something between you and God. If that doesn't work it out, then yes, you need to go to them. But so many times you can just work it out just in your prayer life. So many times it, it's, it doesn't go to that point where I've got to come to you and say, look, Will you forgive me? Now, I want to tell you, I've done that a million times, though. Many of you know I've come to y'all. 
I was introducing somebody this week, and I messed it up. In fact, I, I was trying to say what this person did for a living, and I couldn't remember, and I just made them look stupid, and I didn't mean to. And as soon as the people walked off, I turned to him and I said, I am so sorry. Will you please forgive me? He said, I don't have to forgive you. It's not a problem. It's okay. No, really. I don't want you to go home and let some bitterness start to roll in you because, you know, that's what happens. You start thinking, well, maybe he did mean it like that. You know what that does? And I'm like, you know what? I'm sorry. I blew that. Now, not always if when I offend or when I do things do I go and confront it, but I always confront it with God. Always. The reason I say all that is because who is, who is the one that's handing us to the tormentors? When we don't forgive, who hands us over? God does. So will my heavenly Father also will do to you if each of you from his heart does not forgive his trespasses. And what I'm saying is we can come in here and we can worship. We can put our hands up in the air. We can praise the Lord. We can get on our knees. We can get anointed with oil and we can run the aisles. We can swing from the chandeliers, whatever wild stuff you want to do. But if God has placed you there by his kingdom law, there is no way out of it except his way. And so many times I have people that come to me and I have been there when I'm trying to get free and I can't. My my former brother-in-law used to be a a, uh, lifeguard at, uh, what was the place called on Jefferson? It's got the water slide. Waterworld? Can anybody remember that? There's a car lot there now. It's still back there, I think. But anyway, he was a lifeguard there. And he was a big old guy, and I was a little aggravating little snot to him. And I would come over there. I'd probably be 10 years old, and he was 17. And you, you know how those ages go. And um, So he was down in the water, and I was in there with him, and I was just aggravating him. Well, he just put me under. And I figured out a way to get out. And he did it again. And I figured out a way to get out. Then he figured it out, and I couldn't get out. There was no way. He was 100 pounds stronger, plus he was 100 pounds heavier, plus strong as an ox. There was no getting out. Now, he didn't threaten my life or anything like that, but he figured out how to stop, stop me from coming up. And, you know, we're sitting here, and we're trying to do all the right things. We're coming in here, and we're, we're doing church good. We're worshiping, and we're going to life group, and we're going to Sunday school, and we're interacting. But we're carrying this baggage, and we can't get free. We can't get free. And the freedom comes through forgiveness. The freedom comes through forgiveness. There is not a way to get out and get air from that big guy holding you down. And I don't believe he's holding you down, but I believe he's allowing us to walk, stay right here because we have not followed his command. He's given us such an easy way to blessing. But it's his way. You can't fool God. You can be in church every time the doors are open. You can say the right things. Do you know when Elisha, when Elijah was passing the, the mantle of his ministry down to Elisha, Elisha knew the right words to say, but his heart was right. 
Do you remember Elijah was going around from town to town and Elijah was saying, Elisha, leave me alone. I'm going to the next town. I will not leave you. No matter what happens, I will not leave you. He goes to the next town says, Elisha, stay back. I'm, I'm okay. Just stay here. I will not leave you. And you know what he asked for? He asked for a double portion of his anointing. And you know what Elijah said? If you see me when I go, you'll receive it. Now, he had already committed to it before Elijah ever said that. He had already committed, I'm staying with you. So when Elisha was taken up, when Elijah was taken up, Elisha received the blessing. Well, do you remember later on in, in years, now late in Elisha's uh, ministry, he's about, to, he's about to pass the mantle. He's about to die. And the second in command was standing there, and he used the exact same phrase Elisha used. We know how to do church. We know how to say the language. We know how to pray the prayers. We know the scripture. But you know, Elisha asked him, you know, he had him go and hold the bow and shoot some arrows and tap the, the, the stick. I, I'm probably getting this completely wrong, but he only tapped it three times. And Elisha said, you should have tapped it six or seven times. Why? Because his heart wasn't in it. Now, did I just lose y'all? I'm a completely tangent. But what I'm saying is we can play the church game but carry these things in us that are outside of the kingdom of God that God says, you know what, it's all well and good what you're doing in the church. But what about this? You are not getting free until you free that person. You're holding that person bondage. And it's not binding them at all. It's binding you. You know, it says in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus said to his disciples when they asked him how to pray, he said, in this manner, therefore pray in Matthew 6, 9. This is a pattern. We don't necessarily have to use the exact same words, even though it's good to do that. We don't have to, but we have to take what the heart is of that prayer is. And what is it? Forgive us of our debts or forgive us of our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. God forgive us as we forgive. Now do you catch that? You can't change that. You're entitled to ask forgiveness from God only in the same proportion that you forgive others but not more. If you don't forgive others, God does not forgive you. Y'all know that scripture, right? It's the only section in the Lord's Prayer that Jesus goes on to talk just a little bit more about. After he finishes the Lord's Prayer, he says in, in, in Matthew chapter 16, verse 14, he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your, whole, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. You know, there is a couple sticky areas in the Word that you think, man, God's pretty serious. To think of a God that completely loves us, but if we don't follow His way, He will allow us to go down certain paths. You know, God has given us a free will. He does not control us at all. He wants us to choose Him. And if we will choose him and his way, he is going to bless us more than we could ever believe. 
But can we forgive? Can we forgive? I want to to say this just as dramatic and emphatically as I can. If there's anybody that you have not forgiven, don't deceive yourself. You are not forgiven by God. If you forgive men their trespasses, your your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you don't, neither will your Father forgive you. Now, either we're going to take his word, either we're going to walk in his whole word, or we're not. Now, let's keep going. Mark eleven twenty three, For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed now and cast in the sea, and has, does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things that he asks will be done, and he shall have whatever he says. Let me tell you, God has positioned us for power. Power. But he doesn't just give us that power and not require us to walk the rest of it. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Do you know that it says if you don't forgive that your prayers won't be heard? Do you not think, now, now listen to me, do you not think there is some major key with forgiveness? That God would shut down the communication between us? He longs for you. But a way to close that gap, the the way to close that off is to not forgive. Therefore I say to you, whatever you ask when you pray, if you'll believe them, you shall have them. It's wonderful. But the next verse, look what the next verse says, Mark 11, 25. And whenever you stand praying, If you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven will forgive your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither your Father will forgive. So when you're praying, kind of a checklist. You know a good way to make sure you're forgiven up is when you're praying. How many of you you pray every day? You should. So what does that mean you should do every day? I heard one person. Forgive. When you pray, ask the Lord to forgive you. If you're holding unforgiveness, what does it say? Forgive him. Hmm. It doesn't say if he was a pretty nice guy that you're forgiving. Or if what he did to you wasn't that bad. It's absolutely clear. If you have anything against anyone, forgive. Can I read that again? Can you put that back up, Mark eleven twenty five. 25? And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, anything against anyone, that leaves out nothing and no one. Anything against anyone. Ephesians 1, 7. It's going to show us that redemption is coextensive with forgiveness. In him, Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness 
of sins. In other words, if all your sins are forgiven, you have the total right to redemption. If you have the total rights of redemption, then the devil has no power over you and no place in you. But if there is any area where any area in you where redemption's rights don't apply, let me tell you, Satan knows. You have given him a crack. The door's cracked open. If there's unforgiven sin in your life, he knows it, and he has legal claim over you, and you can't get him out. You can shout at him. You can jump at him. You can even get a preacher to pray. But if he has a legal right to be there, nothing will get him out. If you know anything about Joe McGee, Joe McGee talks about legal rights. And you know what? God has given you the power over Satan. But part of that power over Satan is the ability to forgive. You know what unforgiveness is? Is the power Satan has over you. You've given Satan power in your life. When you hold unforgiveness, you've shut off God and you've opened the door to Satan. It's getting good. I don't know where y'all are, but I'm preaching good. Anything against anyone. The last petition in the Lord's Prayer is the petition for deliverance. And I, I, I want to say the most accurate translation reads, deliver us from the evil one. But you have no right to pray that prayer until you've prayed, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Then comes, deliver us. Once the forgiveness question's been settled, then deliverance is no problem. Remember, if you're not in a forgiving spirit and attitude toward every person, the devil has legal claim over your life. Now let me try to close. I'm already late. Some people may say, Pastor Paul, I don't feel like I can forgive. My youngest child, we once asked her how she felt about something, and she said, what does feelings have anything to do with it? Now, that is my child. One of the worst things I've ever done is start to think about my feelings. Elizabeth said, how do you feel? I don't know how I feel. This is the way we need to do things. And all of a sudden, she kept digging at me until I started thinking about how I feel. Well, when you start thinking about how you feel, you know what? I found out I didn't feel that great. There's a lot of reasons. Satan's got a lot of reasons to make you think you don't feel good. I got good news for you. You don't have to feel it. You just have to decide to do it. It's not a matter of emotions, but your will. I want you to know a very current message that's been preaching today is, is misdirected because it's aimed at people's emotions. And you know what that produces? That produces emotions. But every, but every single preacher whom God has really used to change lives has preached to the people's will. Charles Finney said, I'm not interested in anything but the will. So you don't have to feel forgiveness. You have to will forgiveness. You know what that means? It's dying to what you want. To give God what he wants.
You don't have to feel it. And can I tell you, if you're a child of God, you have the power to do it. Jesus breathed on his disciples, and in John chapter 20, verse 23, he says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. And you know what? If you retain a person's sin, you are retained in your own sin, and you have tied a cord. You are tied by a cord to that person. You may be divorced to your husband or wife of 20 years, but if you have not forgiven them, you are still tied to them. Signing the papers is not forgiveness. It's not over. And I'm telling you, I know so many of you have things that you have a right by the world standard to hang on to the rest of your life. But by God's standard, you don't. You got to forgive. It does not say that what that person did to me is okay. You are not justifying what that has been what has been done to you. There are so many people that have hurt me in my life and there are so many people that I have hurt. And when I forgive this person, I'm not saying that it's okay for you, that you did that to me. I'm not saying that you can continue to do that to me. I'm just saying I don't hold that against you any longer. I've given it to God. Now, maybe it's so bad that I can't have relationship anymore. It doesn't mean you've got to go restore the relationship. Now, in many cases, it does. But in some extreme cases, it doesn't. Can that be liberating to somebody? Doesn't mean you've got to restore relationship. I will tell you, it might. It might. Forgiveness is that simple. It's an act of the will and an utterance of the lips. You know what? You decide it, you say it, and that's it. And name the person. Lord, I forgive my spouse. I forgive my son-in-law. I forgive my mother-in-law. As I want you to forgive me, Lord, I forgive them. Now, of the people I've said, I don't have a son-in-law. Praise God. My children are too young, and I'm praying for Jesus to come back. But my mother-in-law, I had a great mother-in-law. I don't need to forgive her. But you know what? I've got people that come to my mind, and, you know, I've studied this, and I've told y'all before. I've told y'all before, sometimes you forgive somebody today, and if if it comes back up again tomorrow, forgive them again. Well, I want to... Maybe reroute that. When you forgive them today, it's forgiven. It's over. But when it wants to come back up on you, you just need to speak to Satan and say, I'm not picking that back up. Because Satan's going to want you to pick it back up. And you're going to run into people that's going to make you think of that. Immediately. Doesn't that, isn't, isn't that always the case? You've dealt with it, you've given it to God, and then all of a sudden you're facing it right again. And isn't it so easy to grab back hold of it? You can. You can go right back where you were, or you can say, nope, that has been paid for by the blood of Jesus. I give that back right now, and I do not take it. And you know, something that can happen in that is you start to resent someone. Can I tell you how to fight that? 
I'm just learning this. Look, I've been a Christian since I was five. I've been spirit-filled since I was 17. And I don't have everything together. But something that I've learned is when I start to resent someone, if I'll pray for them, I can't resent them. That resentment will go. If I'll pray for them. And I don't mean, Lord, God, make them gnash their teeth and make her hair fall out. And You know, David prayed some of those prayers. And you know what? There's a time for that. And I'm not saying on anyone, but speak to the enemy. Lord, defeat the enemy. Defeat the enemy. Make them go back where they came from. Make them dry up and die. Make them go into the pigs and fall off the cliff in Jesus' name. But not over my brother. In the name of Jesus, bless that man. And Lord, teach me how to love that man again. Maybe I don't have a relationship again, but I'm going to pray for him and bless him. And Lord, help me get this resentment that wants to turn into bitterness, that wants to turn back into unforgiveness. And Lord, I just keep giving it back to you. And you know what? I've been having to pray over some people over the last year. And you know what God's done? He's shown me how to love again. The unlovable. And I've had people to love me that I was unlovable to them. God will heal your heart. And he will set you free. But you know what, when you come up to this altar to get prayed for, if you've got cancer, if you've got heart disease, whatever you've got, I would encourage you as you're making your way down here, start forgiving. Get the forgiveness fixed so that when we get to pray and there is not some hindrance between heaven and earth to stop what's about to happen. Because let me tell you, when you come down here, I'm laying hands on you and I'm believing for a miracle. But if you're walking up here with a bunch of baggage, look, you're in God's hands. So many times people have come up here and I've offended them because I've said, I feel like you need to forgive somebody. I don't know your life. I don't know what you're going through. But I feel like I need to tell you, are you holding any unforgiveness? I came up here to be prayed for. I didn't come up here to get told I got unforgiveness. (laughs) Well, what do you want? When, when, When the man of God says go wash in the river seven times and you wish he'd just done a little Houdini thing on you, you all know that story? God told the man to go wash in the river seven times, and he didn't want to. And his servant said, look, if he had said something simple, wouldn't you have done it? Go wash in the river. All right, doggone it, I'll wash in the river. I can't believe he told me to do that. Doesn't he know who I am? I'm somebody great. Go wash in the river. And he comes out clean. Why? Because when God's word is spoken, when we have it, when we walk through it, we come out clean. You may say, Pastor, you don't know how I'm going to get free. I can't get free of this. Yes, you can. And I don't, I don't care how nasty it was that, that you've gone through. I do care. But I don't care how big it is. Quit, quit telling God how big your mountain is and tell your mountain how big God is. Stand up with me and let's pray. If y'all don't care, just bow your heads. And I just want to, as I pray, I'm just going to talk to you for just a minute. I know that I've kind of made light of this or I've kind of, kind of joked around a little bit. But this is, this is life and death. This is heaven and hell. This is health and sickness. This is stress versus no stress. This is torment versus peace. And you know, that person you're holding unforgiveness toward has no idea. We're not saying it's okay. God's not saying that you're hurt. What they did to you is okay. 
want you to think just for a minute of the things that God, that, that our Father God has had to forgive you of. Now, I want you to know that maybe the biggest hindrance that you have right now is that you won't forgive yourself. One of the hardest things that I have had to walk through is asking God to forgive me and me to forgive me. If you can't forgive yourself, then you basically are saying that the blood of Jesus does not have enough power to forgive you. You've got to forgive yourself. I just encourage you, just right now, maybe in your mind or just right under your breath, or I shout it out for all I care, forgive yourself. But think of everything that, God's, that God has, has paid the price for, for you. Not for what's been done to you. But what price has the Lord paid for you? And I want you to know he's paid a great price for you. Jesus Christ hung on that cross, pouring out blood in excruciating pain for you. It it is the perfect picture of love. Now, if you can just, can you just focus on the cross for just a minute? Because it's going to take your focus off of that unforgiveness. And I want you to get in your mind who this person is. And I want you to focus on the cross. And just right now to yourself, just say, Lord, I forgive this person. And mention them by name. Now, don't do this just because I'm telling you to do it. Do it because you desire to get free. Do it because you desire to get right with God. Lord Jesus, I forgive. And Lord, I'm, I'm hurt so bad still from this. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to bring healing to my body. Bring healing to my soul and to my spirit. But Lord, I forgive I forgive my spouse. I forgive my parents. I forgive my aunts and uncles. I forgive my siblings. I forgive my coworkers. I forgive my children. I forgive. Now, Father, I just ask you, according to your word, those that have genuinely forgiven. Lord, I just ask you, according to your word, set them free. Set them free from the tormentors. Set them free, Lord. This church be a free church. Deliver us. Thank you, Lord. I just praise your holy name. Just praise your holy name. Can, y'all just, can we just take a minute and just praise the Lord? Just praise your holy name, Father, for you alone are worthy. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are high above all other names, Lord. You are mighty. Lord, you are holy. You are wonderful. Holy, wonderful, 
marvelous, glorious, omnipotent, righteous and mighty. Lord, we praise you, we lift you up, we magnify, we glorify, we exalt you, we extol you, we adore you. Hallelujah. Blake, can you put that up? It's called Lift Up Holy Hands, just the chorus. We'll sing it one time. I know it's late. We're going to praise the Lord anyway. Come lift him up. Come lift him up, come lift him up. For you are holy, wonderful, marvelous, glorious, omnipotent, righteous, and mighty. Lord, we praise you, we lift you up, we magnify, we glorify, we exalt you, we extol you, we adore you. One more time, can you all pick it up just a little bit? Holy, wonderful, come on, marvelous, glorious, omnipotent. Hallelujah. You're worthy. Now, go home and be free. When it tries to get back on you, I want you to resist it and pray for that person. Continue to pray for that person. You got a job, pray for that person. Amen. In Jesus' name. God bless you. Have a great night.